was reading yesterday, Matthew chapter 28, after the Lord had risen and he had told his disciples to go into Galilee and he would meet them there, that when they finally got there, when they got to the place where he was, the Bible says, and they worshiped him and some doubted. I thought, boy, that's just like people. Here he is, got nails, prints in his hand, and he's still got scars that his body's healing from, and he's come out of the grave, which nobody's ever done before. And some people still don't believe it. I hope you're not one of those today that believes God can't do the impossible because he is a God that's well able to do what no one else can do. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a moment. I want to join with Brother uh, Jay and Brother Landon in welcoming all of our guests today. So thankful that you've joined us in worship. I appreciate the presence of the Lord that I feel here today. And I hope that God has uh, touched your life in this past week in a very special way. I love my church family. And I love to be able to come together and worship with all of you. Amen. It's great to have good people to hang around. That is a commodity that is not uh, not in plentiful stock anymore. There's a lot of people to hang out with, but they're not all good to hang out with. But I've never gone wrong by hanging out with God's people. Thank you for being here. Amen. Let's clap our hands for our guests one more time. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I I don't like when the Lord does what he did to me this morning, but I've tried to always be obedient. I went to bed last night thinking I was going to preach one thing, and I got up and got here this morning, and the Lord turned me in a different direction, so... I'm just going to follow the Lord. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I want to take you to the book of John, the sixth chapter. It is a very familiar portion of Scripture, but one that I pray the Lord will speak to you. I'm not interested in preaching you a sermon. I know that there are places that you could go and hear much greater preaching, and there are orators that can wow and cause you to go away thinking, man, that's an oracle from God. But what I'd rather you leave with today is a word from God that's so deep in your heart that nothing can shake it from you. Amen. John chapter 6, beginning with verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude or great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. 
Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when they had given thanks, when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the twelve of the fishes as much as they would. <clears throat> when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. God is a God of the over and above. Amen. That's not my sermon title. I don't really know that I have one. Perhaps you could call it a miracle in the making. God bless you. You may be seated. I think all of you would agree with me that there are times that life catches us unaware. There are events that transpire that come to us seemingly out of nowhere that we are not prepared for. We don't like to be in situations like that. I, I don't enjoy being put in a vulnerable position to where I don't know what to do or how to react. I think most of us are of the making of the mind that if, if we know ahead of time, then certainly we can prepare ourselves for the eventualities that could come. But when something catches us unaware, we immediately begin reeling and trying to get a handle on things and trying to figure out how this is all going to work out. And such was it with these disciples. I do not believe that they were in any wise prepared for what was about to happen. I do not believe that they were even thinking about what was coming. They had come with him because they were followers of him. And others had come. And Jesus, being the kind of man that he was, had compassion on these people and wanted to help them. And so he turns to his disciples and he asks them a question. How much would it take to feed all of these good people that have come out to hear me preach today? Those are the questions that baffle us in life. And there seems to be more of them than answers at times. How are we going to meet this particular dilemma? How are we going to face this particular problem? 
How are we going to get through what's before us? How are we going to answer the questions that life is throwing at us? How much will it take to make it, to get through? How will it all work out? Those are a few of the questions that often baffle us in life. The greatness of the problem perplexes us. When those disciples looked at the multitude and they saw the number of men that were there, they were indeed troubled by what they saw because Jesus was asking of them something that they were not prepared to answer or face. Feed this many. How could that be done and in what manner could it be done? And so Jesus takes them through a learning experience. I love it when the Lord takes the time to teach us. I'm thankful that God is not a God who, if, you, if he asks you a question and you can't give him an answer, that he turns away in disgust. I'm thankful that when God begins to inquire of me so that he can teach me, and by the way, God doesn't ask a question because he doesn't know. He asks the question so you will become aware of what you don't know. (laughs) So God takes the time with these men to walk them through a miracle. He takes the time to show them the possibilities that are theirs if they can but believe and see what he is capable of doing in their life. And I'm thankful for a God like that. Because there have been many times when in life, the things that were thrown at me and the questions that were being asked of me, I, I didn't have an answer for. I didn't even know where to begin to find an answer. If somebody had given me a book with all of the answers, I still would not have known where to go to even find what I was looking for. But he takes the time to walk us through these places when we're baffled, when we don't know what to do. I wonder this morning if I'm talking to somebody that life has thrown some things at you and you have more questions in your life now than you have answers. And those questions trouble you because In our mind, if we're a child of God, we should never have a question. But that's not true. Living for God does not mean you will never have a question no more than knowing that He is risen will not help you not struggle with doubt. (laughs) He's risen. He said, go to Bethany and I'm going to meet you there. And they go there and they still have doubts about what's going on. There there are just some things about life that are too hard to understand. But Jesus takes these men through a learning experience and he begins by questioning them about what to do. What do we do with all of these people? How are we going to feed them? And he asks the question to help them understand, I believe, the gravity of the need And to also help them understand that it's going to take more than them to find the solution. And so here's what I've learned about miracles like this. 
Number one, just because you don't know what to do doesn't mean God doesn't know what to do. Some of you right now are facing some things in life that there's just doesn't seem to be any answer for. How do you work through these problems? How do you get beyond this confusion? How do you span that gap that's there in your heart that is so deep and wide and you wonder, can I ever believe or can I ever trust God And all that you have in your mind and in your heart are questions and more questions. But just because you don't know what to do doesn't mean that he doesn't know what to do. It's good to know that God knows. Amen. I I would not even be at church today if I didn't really believe that God knows. I wouldn't waste my time. I wouldn't have wasted your time in asking you to sit down and listen to me preach if I didn't believe that God knows. He knows everything about you. He knows every detail of your life. He knows what's there and what's the Bible said. He knew what he was going to do. He wasn't asking them so he could figure out what to do. God's not stalling for time because there's been a delay in your life And the answer hasn't come. Doesn't mean God's scrambling around heaven trying to figure out, now what am I going to do about this? I've never faced a problem like this. I've never had to deal with something like this. God's not there for that purpose. God knows what he's going to do. He's trying to help you get to the place where you can understand that he knows what to do and you can trust him. Everybody say that with me. I can trust him. I may not know, but he knows. God knows the answer. Amen. Before you can even form the question. He's not asking the question because he doesn't know. He's trying to help you get a grip on things. And whatever the dilemma, God has a remedy. What I have learned from miracles like this is that it is important for me to not only understand that God knows even though I don't know, but it's also imperative that I not try to play God and make something happen that God did not intend to happen. I know that may sound a little simplistic to some of you here this morning, but the truth is all of us have been guilty at times of trying to play God, trying to make it happen. God's promise came to Abraham, you're going to be blessed like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. And years begin to pass and there was no sun, there was no air And finally, Abraham got to the place where he decided, I'm going to help God out. Sarah got to the place where she said, we're going to have to help God out. And so Hagar comes into the picture and a child is born. You know the story. God said, hey, that's not my promise. I've still got a work to do. Just because I've delayed doesn't mean I've denied Just hang on, the promise is still coming. But we, so many times, are guilty of trying to play God. 
You know, one of the hardest things for me to do as a preacher is to look people in the face sometimes and say, I don't know. Because they come to me thinking that I know everything. I don't know. One of the hardest things to do is to stand in a hospital room when a doctor has given a report that is, that is beyond anything that our mind can put its, its hands around and trying to grapple with what the doctor is saying and the lawyer is saying and the teacher is saying and life is saying and trying to fit all of that together. And then we start trying to play God. If I do this, this will happen. If I do that, that'll happen. If I do, and, and instead of letting God be God, we try to manufacture something. Listen to me. God knows what you need when you need it. And God knows how to get it to you. And he knows what to do to make it work. So quit trying to play God. So brother, use what I do about my questions. Just bring them to him. What do I do with my fears? Bring them to him. What do you do with your doubts? You know what I love about the scripture I read in Matthew is that even though they were doubting, they were still worshiping. That seems a contradiction. The Bible said they worshiped and some doubted. The fact is there's been many times I've come to church and there's been a lot of doubt in my life, but I still want to worship him because I'll never get a resolution to my doubt if I stop worshiping and honoring him and putting him in the place that he deserves in my life, I want to keep worshiping him even when I don't understand him. I want to keep worshiping him even when I can't see the way through. I'm going to keep worshiping him even when I don't see an answer coming down the road. Amen. Worship. Amen. One of the great revelations that came to me as a young preacher is that I'm not God. What a relief. Praise God. What a relief. I know you think that's funny, but you play that sometimes too. Don't try to play God. Just do what he says do. So really use it doesn't make sense. A lot of things God tells me to do doesn't make sense. Because he's not trying to work on your sense. He's trying to work on your faith. Mm. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but that's a good thought. (laughs) Yeah. He's not trying to work on your feelings. He's not trying to get you pumped up. He's trying to teach you how to trust him. That you can put your hand in his hand. And it will hold you. It will keep you. It will protect you. No man, he said, can pluck them out of my hand. I want to be in a hand that nothing can pull me away from. And his hand is the only hand that can keep me in the midst of my troubles. So God said, I'm not worried about your feelings. I want to work on your faith. I want you to learn how to trust me. I want you to learn how to walk with me. Even when you can't see the way, just keep your hand in mind and know that I'm going to take you where you need to go. Amen. Callie Grace was little. She would come down in the night, and in the middle of the night, she'd want to go back upstairs. All right, you know the way. Oh, no, Poppy. I need you to go with me. 
And when we would get out of bed and start up, I would feel that little hand slip into mine because she knew that I knew the way. That's the way I want to be about the Lord. There's some places in life I don't know how to navigate. There's some places that I ought to know how to navigate that I still don't know how to navigate. There's some things about living for God and living in life that I ought to already know. I ought to already have the answer to those, but I don't. And sometimes I let life beat me down and tear me apart because I'm not doing as good as I ought to be doing. But I've learned something in life that if I can just keep my hand in His hand, that He's going to lead me through this. He's going to teach me whatever I need to learn. He's going to show me the way to get where I need to go. Amen. Don't try to play God. Just do what He tells you to do. And I've learned this about God when he's trying to teach me something. Is that you have to give him what you have. No matter how meager or small it may seem. Just give him what you have. Amen. Give him what you have and you'll get what you need. What a powerful principle. Give him what you have. Say, Brother Hughes, it's not much. I'm embarrassed. That doesn't make any difference. He doesn't look at you to ridicule you. He just wants to know if you're willing to give it up. And if you'll give him what you have, he'll get you what you need. Amen. Praise God. I don't know. Maybe you're here this morning and you're confused about what to do next. This might be a good place for you to be. Give him what you have. Well, Brother Hughes, all I have right now are a lot of questions. Give him your questions. All I have right now are a lot of fears. Give him your fears. All I have right now are a lot of worries. Give him your worries. Cast all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. It may not seem like much, but in his hands it will prove otherwise. Amen. God can make a way where there is no way. Praise God. There's a miracle in the making here this morning. Some of you are confused. You came into this service today confused. You don't even really know what to do. You you, you don't even know how to talk to anybody about the problem. You, You don't know how to share your feelings because you can't even really define them. The Lord brought a simple message to tell you that He knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows how to get you from where you are to where you need to be. And he knows what to do to take what you have and produce with it what you need. Amen. And he will do it in such a fashion that there will be more than you ever expected. My God, have mercy. Amen. Would you lift your hands to him right now? Oh, Jesus, I praise you. God, I I feel your presence here right now. I feel your touch upon this house today. God, I'm not here to promote anything but you. And I pray that somehow somebody has been lifted up into your presence this morning. And somehow they would be able to release into your hands those things that they hold on to, feeling that they can't let go of. That's all they have. God, let them release it 
into your hands today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? I, I'm through. I, I don't know. It's a very short message, but it's all that the God of heaven could give me today to give to you. Amen. God knows all about you. He knows every detail of your life. Everything that you're going through. Amen. Won't you just close your eyes for just a moment and imagine yourself standing in the presence of the living God, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the King of Glory, the one who knows the end from the beginning the one who is the first and the last, he that was and is and is to come, the everlasting. And he's wanting to help you get through the dilemma that you're in right now. If there's anybody here today that's wrestling with a question in life that you don't know what to do with, or you're dealing with a problem in your family or in your job or in your life, that you don't have answers for, why don't you slip out from where you are right now and just meet me here at this altar for a few moments. We're not going to embarrass anybody, but you just want to spend some time talking to Him that knows all. You want to talk to Him that knows every detail of your life. And He knows how to get you through what you're going through. He, He knows how to get you to the place that you need to be. He knows the road to take. He knows what it's going to take to get you there. He knows the strength that's needed. He knows the help that you need right now. Oh.